So because we didn't have time to finish that last piece of Sicha Ayin Vav, let's go back to revisit the very end of the Sicha and to take a look at these words again. So this is just the tail end of the Sicha, and then we're going to start to go through different sources relevant to all the earlier points that we just mentioned and we learned at length last week. So the Rebbe says in Sicha Saran, Gam Amar Rebbe Nachman said, A person should not become bewildered. Because Rabbi Nachman wanted his Hasidim to learn so much every single day. Even if a person is not able, for whatever reason, to devote this amount of time to learning, or the person doesn't have that particular makeup, he's not the, the studious type, he's better with, with um, more, more practical, this worldly matters. Rabbi Nachman says, don't worry. It's not a prerequisite to being an ish kasher, to being a person that's connected to Hashem, a person that's trying to channel the light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu down into this world to be a big lamdin. It doesn't say in the Torah you have to be a lamdin. It says you have to try. A person has to try. And every person knows for themselves we have to be honest with ourselves what we can, how much time we can devote. And all of us, at whatever level, can engage with Limit Torah to the extent that's possible for us. And that's, that's only for us to assess in an honest moment, our honest moments of hispodidus, of reflection every day, to really take a spiritual inventory and assess where we're holding and how much we can add on to our commitments in this regard. But Afal Pikain, regardless, Yachalias ish kasher be'emes. A person can be a good Jew even if he doesn't have the greatest scholarly brain or accomplishments. Vegam kvar siper mizen. Rabbi Nachman had spoken about this on previous occasions. Sheyachaylimlias ish kasher. A person could be a good person. A person could be a, a, a like a kosher person. A a a, a proper a, a Jew who's living properly. Afilu me'ena yachalu meklal. Even if a person doesn't know how to learn at all, Rabbi Nachman says a person can even be a tzaddik, a big tzaddik a person can be. These two things don't necessarily have to go together one with the other. You don't have to be a lamdin to be a tzaddik. These are two different things. A person can be a tzaddik, a person can be pure, a person can be righteous, a person can try to the best of his or her capacity to align their lives with the master of heaven and earth, even if a person isn't blessed with a particularly scholarly brain, even though he's not a lamdin, a person can be an ishkasher and even a tzaddik. Then Rabbi Nachman adds, Rakbal Hasaga, an interesting thing, to be able to attain this status of what's called Bal Hasaga, which literally means a, a master of attainment, of perception, to be able to access loftier perceptions of spirituality and the detailed understanding of what takes place in the spiritual realms beyond, says Rabbi Nachman to be a balasaga ein yechaylun liyaz kim kishulamdin begemar peresh rashi v'taisvis. That takes the training of the mind, interestingly enough, in the limud and the tradition of Gemara, Rashi, and Taisvis for the person to be able then to have a brain a cognitive capacity that is fit to be able to access loftier hasagas in the spiritual realms beyond. But leaving aside Baal Hasaga, to be a simple Jew, a Jew with a pure heart, a Jew that's connected to HaKadosh Baruch in the way of David HaMelech, 
in the way of focusing on the Shekhinah and revealing God's presence in the world, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid, like Davana Malach said, to place God before ourselves all the time, says the Rebbe, that you can do even if you're not blessed to have spent the proper requisite time training in Gemara, Rashi, Taisvis, even if you don't have that much time to learn every day, even if you haven't amassed that amount of Talmud study or that kind of Limud or, or, or Halachic knowledge, you can be an Ish Kasher, says Rabbi Nachman, not just that, you can be a Tzadik Gamor. Yechoilun Liskais, you can merit to that too. Afilu Mishu Ish Pashut Legamri. Even a person who's just a totally totally simple person, simple-minded person, which, by the way, we've mentioned this previously, was very common in the time of the Baal Shem Tav HaKadosh and his students, Rabbi Nachman, his grandson. And those early generations, there was very little ability for the regular standard townsfolk, you know, growing up in the shtetl, to be able to devote this amount of time to learning like we have today. Yeshivas was a later invention and even then if it wasn't yeshivas wasn't organized learning there was very little learning going on at all past the early years because when a person became physically fit 13 14 15 certainly they had to go and help their families they had to go out in the fields they had to make sure that their families could afford to put food on the table we become so accustomed to the lives that we live today that it's hard for us to imagine what life was like you know and so we have all this time to make choices and decisions that they couldn't have dreamed of every minute was spent figuring out the basic basic necessities of life and then if they were able to add on to that mitzvahs even then they, they didn't have access to mitzvahs like like we have today he do him and you know thousands of dollars on, on on expensive pairs of tefillin it was just the basic the bare basics that they had if they could grab a little minute here to learn a little minute there to learn it wasn't like it is today and even so they made sure as much as they can as chaburas of working people, tailors and water carriers, and each one of them in, in certain areas in Ukraine had their own shtibel, their own shtetl, their own chabura, where they would learn as much as they could. But Bederech Klal, the people were simple, simple folk. It's not like we think, you know, the Magad Mizrich had all these great ga'inim and gedolim learning in his base medrash. That wasn't, that wasn't, that, that was the top, you know, upper, upper echelon of, of, of who these Sadiqim were reaching. But Baderech Chlal, these were simple Jews. Baderech Chlal, these were simple Jews. We read about Tehillim Zagras, Jews who just knew how to say a few kapitel till and they sat in back of shul. These weren't great scholars. And Rabbi Nachman and the Baal Shem Tev came to the world for this purpose, was to be able to allow these Jews to have the hargash of the feeling that they had a place too. That Yiddishkeit is not an exclusive club where if you have any hope of bringing Hashem into your life, you absolutely have to be the greatest scholar in the world. That's even a mistake that people are making today. It's, it's not true. Of course, all of us need, like we learned, to try as much as we can to be honest and make an assessment, especially today, that we do have so much more capacity to study and to devote time to learning. And there are so many programs and everything's been translated into English and so many different layers and levels of learning, so much access today to Torah. We have to make an assessment for ourselves to try as best as we can to proceed and to learn with this mahalach or that mahalach, this approach or that approach. That's today. And that's true for all of us. But we should never make the mistake of thinking that this is the only ticket to Kirvas Elokim. 
nor should we make the mistake of thinking that if a person is a great scholar, that automatically means that they've had access to the highest kinds of, of spiritual riches. It's not necessarily true. Chazal themselves didn't shy away from saying something that would be very radical if someone stood up and said it, but Chazal say it, that the Torah could itself become a samaves, chas v'shom. it could become a poison. If it's not accompanied by the context of the reason that Hashem wants us learning in the first place, which is to become spiritual beings, which is to develop a spiritual consciousness, which is to bring Hashem into our lives in a very deep way, so we can cultivate a spirit of kirvas elokim. So these two things don't necessarily have to be contradictory to one another, right? A person can use learning as a vehicle to bring Hashem into his life in a most remarkable way. Talmud Torah even connected kulam in some sense. But by the same token, a person needs to make an assessment of his or her life and figure out, is this me? How much can I do? And if I can't devote all of this time that's necessary to proceed in such a deep way to learn and to, and to accomplish. And I don't have the brain for that. Or I, or, or, or I just don't have the time or the zitzflash like they say. I can't sit for that long. Not every person's cut out for exactly this thing. Chas v'shalom to give up on this great dream of becoming an ish kosher, of becoming a tzaddik. Chas v'shalom. You have, you have just as much access as the next person. You in your way and he or she in his or her way. Every person has their path. And that's where Ibn Ahmed came to tell us after, and we learned in the previous part of the Sikha, for those who are joining us just this week, last week we learned that Ibn Ahmed wanted his Hasidim to learn incredibly copious amounts of, of Gemara and of Medrash and of Halacha and of all areas of Torah. And over here at the very tail end of the Sikha, where Ibn Ahmed is putting so much on us, he wants to remind us what the Tachlis is. The Tachlis is to be a person that's living with Yishav Hadas, like we learned with a settled mind, with a joyous mind, knowing that we're doing what we're supposed to do in this world. We're living a little bit more with Hashem, a little bit more conscious, trying to bring that awareness into our lived reality so that we change the way that we act and the way that we re- react to situations, circumstances. That's the tachlis. So therefore, Ibn Achman comes and says, don't become bewildered when you hear you have to accomplish so much. It can be an ish kasher ve'emes if this is not your thing. But all of us have to be honest with ourselves. That's the one thing Rabbi Nachman asks of us more than anything, is to be honest. Hispodidus means an hour a day of being honest. Make, a, make an assessment. Talk out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu where you are in life. Be totally open, authentic, and honest. There's no time to not be. Make an assessment. And all of us being honest with ourselves, I think we understand that we can, we can all do a whole lot more than the lower part of ourselves wants to convince us that we could do. We could do a lot. Each on our own level, on our own madrega. We can do a lot. We're going to learn more about that. But says the Rebbe, even after making this honest assessment, the lower part of us then is going to want to compare whatever it is that we can do to what the next guy is doing and to what that person is doing in shul and what this guy is doing in yeshiva and how much this one's learning and how many hours this guy's putting in. Says the Rebbe, no. You do what what you need to do. Like Rabbi Nachman says in the story of the Chacham and the Tam, they're getting into the whole story now, just one line. That's, that's his thing. And this, is you, and this is your business. 
says the Tam, the simple person, Mamash, the simple person, the person who understands the Chachm, the great wisdom of simplicity, shouldn't speak about other people. That's, that's, that's what they need to do, but that doesn't mean that it's what you need to do. You carry on doing the best that you can, but make sure that it's Mamash the best you can. That's all. After that, says the Rebbe, you can be an Ishkasher doing your Avaida to the fullest, to the max. Even a very simple person, and it all comes down to this all-important Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, which Rabbi Nachman quotes in other contexts and other places. Don't have to do everything, and you shouldn't feel you know, guilty for not doing everything, or to feel anxious that we have to do everything. No. You be okay with what you're doing. Understand who you are, what your background is, what your capabilities are, what your circumstances are, and, and you're an oilam male, and there is no relative framework. It's just your life. There is no one else. So if you're doing the best you can, then that, that's the best that can be done. If there's nobody else in the world, just you. Do the best you can. But the Rebbe says that doesn't either mean that you can do that you can do nothing. Just because you don't have to do everything, it doesn't mean that, okay, so then you slack off. No. Make an honest assessment, commit to whatever kind of limanatari you can, and whatever method and mahalich works for you. Like we spoke last week, we're just laying out another mahalich, but harbe drachem lamakim, there are many different paths. And this is the healthy balance, knowing that I'm already okay, so to speak, and, and then I have to push myself in an honest way to see how much more I can do in accordance with my own circumstances. And that is the end of Sicha Ayin Vav, which we began last week and we're just finishing the last few lines today. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the Sicha where Reb Nassim had described a little bit of Rabbi Nachman's own learning and, and what a goin he was, what, what an absolute baki, an expert in Kalatar Kula, which is clear from his writings. But how quickly he would learn and how much he would cover and how he went, says Rabbi Nassim, in his early ages, he went through Shulchan Arach four times, just when he was very young, because he was, unfortunately, he was young his whole life. He, was only, he only lived until 39 years old. He was a young man. But as a child, he went through, we had learned Shulchan Arach four times, the first time Al Pipshat, the second time understanding the Makar for each, for each din in the Gemara, the third time, al-pisoid, to understand the, the Kabbalistic allusions beyond the simple understanding. And then finally, like we had learned, the fourth time, he just put all of these together. And that was in the beginning. And then he carried on reviewing Shulchan Aruch again and again and again. So here in Chaim Aran, we read another paragraph about Rabbi Nachman's own personal Limer Taira. And Rabbi Nachman tells us the following. Pam Achas, one time Siper, Rabbi Nachman told over, that Rabbi Nachman had just begun a new Seder, learning Choshen Mishpat, one of the volumes of Shulchan Aruch that deals with legal and, and uh, business transactions, damages and the like. With these two commentaries, he had already, in a very short period of time, learned until the 91st simon, the 91st heading, which is almost 200 pages. And he said he remembers every single sifkatan, where it begins, what it is, where it ends, everything. And then there was a, a certain rav, a certain rabbi from a certain city, 
And Rabbi Nachman had Rabbanim that were well, well older than him, decades older than him. Gigantic poiskim and Rabbanim in their own right that were sitting by his feet like, uh, like, like children. And so that Rav happened to be sitting there. And Rabbi Nachman started to, to talk with him in, in this kind of learning. And the, the Rav just couldn't keep up. He wasn't able to, to, to carry on in this conversation. There was a doctor sitting there. Now it's not clear exactly um, what, what it means. Rabbi Nachman started also to speak with the doctor. Does that mean that he started? It would seem from context that he started to speak to him about medicine. Right, because he's trying to demonstrate that Rabbi Nachman was such an expert that even sitting with experts, they weren't able to hold their weight. But it's, maybe it's also possible, it's not clear, that he was speaking with a doctor in, in this kind of learning also. But I don't know what the Chiddush is, because why would we assume a doctor would know, you know, Shulchan Aruch Mishpat? I'm not sure. But Amar then Rabbi Nachman said, He said, it's easier to have chidushim to come up with novel rulings in in uh, in nigla in in the realm of nigla satira than in nister to be able to apply earlier rulings to newer circumstances and to come up with other chidushim to understand the meaning of the gemara and so on. Rabbi Nassim says the uh, calls a hate. again says like we learned a few weeks ago. He said I, I don't remember this whole thing. And then Rabbi Nachman another time was speaking just Balpeh, just rattling off Dinim Halachas Psukas in Shulchan Aruch. He had an incredible expertise and fluency in Shulchan Aruch. Even someone who had recently learned that particular simon, they weren't able to, to stand. In contrast, Rabbi Nachman's great expertise. All the great scholars in Rabbi Nachman's presence would, would be nullified. When it came to his expertise in Shulchan Aruch. And another time he says, Rabbi Nassan, I heard in his, who, again, Rabbi Nassan in his own right, was a Talmud Chacham Atzum, Atzum, a great, great, awesome Torah scholar. Like we've like we've learned in the past, and as can be readily perceived from his master work, the eight-volume Lukute Halachas, where he himself goes through all the Halachas in Shulchan Arach and reveals the deeper understanding and the root of these Halachas in the, in the spiritual realms. It's a masterful work. Great, great, great scholar, Alamdin. So Rav Nassim says, I also heard Bishma in his name, Sha'amar, that he said, That's this Acronym Gimel Gimel Mem Pei Tav said Rabbi Nachman if I would start to to teach that kind of Torah in Nigla Gemara and Rashi Taisus Rishonim how you call Alayim Dem Vagadolim Unachem Tachas Kapas Ragle Rabbi Nachman said I, I can Kiilu like I could not that he wanted to do this but he said I could put everyone to shame meaning because it could have been assumed that Rabbi Nachman just knows the Kabbalistic stuff. You know, he's busy with romantic stories and, I, and you know, grand ideas of the mystical spiritual realm. Rabbi Nachman said, no, I, I, I can also hold my own and more, so, and more than that in the, the, in the more, so to speak, standardized, classic learning of, of, of Nigla, of the revealed portions of Torah. Rabbi Nachman said, this is not my thing. 
This is not my, I don't have a desire to do this. That, that, that wasn't what he was in this world for. He was a roif and a fascist. He came to give chizuk. He came to give guidance. And Hashem. That was his thing. But that doesn't mean, says Rabbi Nachman, that I, I don't, I don't have the other element as well. And it was important for his Hasidim to know this. He wasn't doing this in, in a braggadocious way. He was trying to, trying to brag. This wasn't the purpose, but it was the, for the purpose of enabling his students to understand that Ibn Nachman valued very much the standardized um, areas of Torah, and he encouraged his Hasidim very strongly to implement these kinds of limutim in their own lives, even if that wasn't Ibn Nachman's main Occupation. etc. Okay. And then he finishes. Which he says in another place in Sichas Ran, anybody who opens up any of Rabbi Nachman's farim with the intention of giving it, giving it space and letting it breathe instead of uh, approaching it with all kinds of assumptions of what it is and what it isn't, just mamish with a simple open mind and an open heart. To really believe that there yesh mashu, that there's something here, and a person starts to look at the pirushim on the kutumran and take it seriously, and that's time to read it because because it, it it always depends on how you approach something. But if a person approaches it with an open heart and an open mind, you see if you have any kind of brain in your head, which Baruch Hashem all of us do, you see in 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 a minute, you see what this person was, what what this what kind of mind. This person had what kind of yidias, what kind of fluency in Tanakh, in Chazal, on his fingertips, the, the way that he weaves Kala Tarakula together, it's, uh, it's, it's breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. So this wasn't the kind of thing where there is a tzaddik who's saying some, you know, delusional things about himself, and it's up to us, should we believe him or should we not believe him? Rabbi Nassim says in Sicha Saran, the proof is in the pudding. His Lushen later, or earlier, I can't remember where in Sicha Saran it is, but I think we've already learned it, is kamavur hetev besvar of haktoshim. Everything Rabbi Nachman said about himself is not something you just, it's not a matter of blind faith to believe, like why should I believe him over any other tzaddik that said great things about himself. When it comes to Rabbi Nachman, it's demonstrable. Open the sfarim and you'll, and you'll see it for yourself. You know, it's going to be very hard to deny that there was something about this particular tzaddik that's, that's absolutely unique, absolutely unique. And that's what he says over here. Okay, now let's get into the actual content of Sicha Ein Vav, where after we learn about Rabbi Nachman's own Derech Halimud, Seder Halimud, Rabbi Nassim communicates to us that Rabbi Nachman very much wanted his students to learn on a simple level and to cover as much ground as possible and to learn a tremendous amount al peep shot and to first master the simple understanding and then to go back and to get more deeply into it. And Rabbi Nachman felt like we learned last time, ze vze miskayim biyadai. Of course Rabbi Nachman wants us to understand everything. That, that's the tachlis, that's the ultimate, ultimate purpose of learning is that we should understand, we should be able to apply, we should be able to get clarity. Rabbi Nachman has many Taras in Likut Imran, Taras Samach Beis, for example, Taras Kuf Aleph, and and other places where the Rebbe talks very, very openly and clearly about attaining clarity in learning. He didn't want that a person should be confused in his learning, but the Rebbe felt that if we go with this mahalach of learning a lot on a simple level, and then going back to the beginning and reviewing it again and back and reviewing it again and so on, Rebbe Nachman felt that a person would get both. We'd get the bikiyas, the breadth, and we'd also get the iyun, the depth, Mimela, 
we're going to understand much better if we go with this particular approach. That's where Ibn Nachman felt. In that section of Sicha Ayin Vav, Rabbi Nachman had also said that even if a person can only read the words alone, just reading the words, Rabbi Nachman says that's also a good thing. That's also enough. Just to read the words even if you don't understand the depth of it. To read the words. And so here we wanted to bring just a few earlier sources where we can see that Rabbi Nachman wasn't alone in, again, what appears to be a radical approach, saying the words, and that's called Lima Atayra Mechatesi. Where did he get this from? Let's take a look at the at the words of the Shlach Kaddish. Shusiyah Gunaleinu. Va'amari says, Davon Melech says, and Telemachimas Pesi that the Torah brings wisdom to those that are foolish. What does this mean, Machimas Pesi? Says the Shlach Kaddish Lashmi Einu Goidomalos Oisius Atarish Eimachimais. We know Elashim from Chazal, the letters make one wise. The letters themselves. Like Chazal say, just the letters themselves make a person wise. The Herach Ma'id B'Zeh Pardes and the Helege Pardes remind him the Ramak explains this at length in that segment of his Sefer Pardes remind him which is called Shara Oisios, the gate of the letters, Perak Rishon and Perak Sheni, in the first and second Prakim, and the first and second chapters there. She says, I've quoted from him in a different place. Essentially, go see over there what we already wrote. But over here he summarizes, the Ramak explains that the mouth of a person that reads the words of the Torah for the purpose of connecting to Hashem, l'shem shamayim, of being mekayim, the mitzvah of liman and all the different definitions of l'shma, and there are many. To try to contemplate these words that he's reading, to try to get clarity. Even if he doesn't understand it fully, will he also be adai? And in the end, he's so so his his understanding is so limited that also the other he just reading the letters that's all that's left and he stays a fool not a fool but he stays with that lack of clarity that he had before he opened the safer he closes the safer nothing changed just reading the words of the Torah, these letters, these words, these sentences and paragraphs, says the Shlach from the Paradise, remind him, you bound your neshama to the realm of Chachma. How much your mind grasped or didn't grasp is not relevant. It's not relevant. Because it's not all or nothing. Of course, if we can focus our intention and to try to understand as best as we can, that's for sure the best. There's nobody, nobody who argues with that. But I'll call upon him what David HaMelech is saying to us is, is not that it makes the fool wise, but that even the one that remains a pesi after learning, because it doesn't say, so the, so. And he's no longer a pesi. The Torah makes one wise. The, it still calls him a pesi, but machkimas pesi. It enables even the person who doesn't grasp what he's learning to connect his neshama to the realm of chachma. Machkimas 
Pesi. Even remaining with that lack of understanding, you bound your neshama, or I bound my neshama, the person who learns in this way can bind his or her neshama to that realm of Chachma. And it's going to come to your advantage in the world to come. And therefore the Gemara and Gittin tells us, You cannot read Sukkim from the Torah Baal Peh. Right? You have to read it. It's got to be read because the letters are super holy. The letters in and of themselves. It's a big deal to look at the words of the Torah. Still, just to read them, even if you don't understand them. And it's also brought in the Heilige Sefer Karakemach from Rabbeinu Bechaya, Rishon Ba'is Taf, at the very end of the Sefer and the ice under Torah because it's set up, Alpida Aleph Bey, is very beautiful Sefer. Vizel and the Rabbeinu Bechaya says over there, Kriyas Torah, reading the words of the Torah, Kadosh Mitzvah Gedayla, is a great mitzvah. He even if a person does not understand what they are reading. You just have to know that you are reading, right? Be conscious of what you're attempting to do. And again, we don't go into it and say, okay, I could space out and just let my mouth read the words because like, whatever, I don't need to understand it. It's enough. I don't care if I stay a pesi. I'm connected to the world of Chachma. Says the Rebbe, no, it's, it's not what it is. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, it has to be kriya satayra. You have to be conscious of what it is that you're attempting to do. It can happen that a person sits and a person is reading from the Torah. They could be doing Shnai Mikr but they're not there at all. They're not reading. Their mouth is just by rote, you know, mouthing certain letters and words. But, that, but that's not what we mean. We mean to be conscious of it, to be focused, to understand that there's holiness here that you're trying to connect to. So we don't want to be shumachashe b'tavar macherim thinking about other things while we're reading the words of the Torah. But v'lachain kriyas ha-Torah k'shiyadeya shu'kayre when a person knows that he's reading from the Torah mitzvah g'dayelahi it's a big, big, big mitzvah u'schar gadol yesh le'bezeo even without understanding it there's great, tremendous schar from this. And that means to say that even again, Rabbi Nachman comes to tell us you can connect to Torah no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter when you are. That, that's what comes out of Sicha Ein Vav. There's never a time where, where, you, where you can't connect. You can always connect. And even if you have a big headache and you're not going to be able to understand what you're learning, open a sefer, read a few psukim. Say Tehillim is also Kriya Satayra. It's Mamash Taira Tehillim. Open up the Chumash, open up the Gemara, read a few lines. We have to believe there's more going on in learning than technical, scholarly, sophisticated analysis. It's not an intellectual experience. It's a spiritual experience that utilizes the intellect. Two very different things. Say this again. Limana Torah is not an intellectual experience. It's a spiritual experience that utilizes the vessel of the intellect. But even when a person's intellectual vessel is for one reason or another not functioning, we don't have enough time to fully delve into an Indian, we're not going to be able to grasp it completely. It's two minutes before Mincha, you're early to shul. What's the purpose? I'll space it out and I'll look around at all the people and wonder you know, what, they, what they did this morning. Just dumb, because they didn't start Asherah yet. No. Pull a Gemara off the shelf, you can read a Mishnah. I mean, I'm not going to understand the Mishnah. I don't have time to look at Rashi. It makes no difference. Oisi oismach kimois. 
if in relation to that Mishnah, you'll stay as much a pessy, a fool, as you were before you, not, I don't mean a fool, but in relation to that Mishnah, you'll stay just as uninformed as you were beforehand, don't think nothing was gained. Pessy. Maybe you'll, st- you'll stay uninformed. But machkimas pesi. Machkimas pesi, you've bound yourself to the world of Chachm. It's a big Indian. Just reading the letters of the Torah. Actually, in this series, you remember, many, many, many months ago, I can't remember the context of what now, but we learned from the Chassam Seifer, you remember this? Incredible Chassam Seifer, that even if a person cannot read anything, for whatever reason, you can't even bring yourself to open a Seifer, he says, stand in front of the Sfarim Shrank, in front of the, uh, the bookshelf, and read the titles of the Sfarim. We learned this inside. I have to look it up which year it was, from the Chassam Seifer. Just read the titles. I was probably in the context of yearning. And have ruts on to, to, to connect. That's already something. So it's a very holy thing when, when we have this kind of mindset. It's, it's a whole different approach. So of course, it doesn't mean that now we're putter from understanding Torah and trying to really work on Torah because it's an easy way out. So I'll just open a safer and just read through the words and that will be enough. Of course we don't mean that. But what we mean is that we have to understand, as Rabbi Nachman does, that life is marked by many different kinds of moments. And just like in the realm of time, there's day and night. And in the realm of space, there is summers and winters and, and there's mountains and valleys. The same is true for our lives. And Rabbi Nachman understands that. Rabbi Nachman addresses that. And Rabbi Nachman says, listen, I'm giving you Torah on a silver platter. No matter what you're going through and no matter what your circumstance is, there is a way for you to connect. And like we learned in the beginning of this year, if there's taka, no way for you to connect through limanat taira, it can still be a ish kosher, it can still be a tzadig gomer, but be honest with yourself. It's not about taking an easy way out, which is one of the criticisms on Rabbi Nachman Bechlal and one of the criticisms of this approach of Rabbi Nachman Befrat. Because they say, oh, Rabbi Nachman just says, oh, you just read the words. It's just, it's, it's for lazy people, chas v'shalom. It's making people lazy. Chas v'shalom. That's why we said in the, in the, in the earlier shirim in this series, and we mentioned from time to time, Everything in Rabbi Nachman, in order to be understood accurately, needs to be understood in the context of all of Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Because if all you ever learned from Rabbi Nachman was this, maybe you'd think, what did he want? He's coming to tell Jews who have the capacity to really sit and focus on their learning and being ma'ayin, that it's enough for them to open up a Gemara and just read the words? Like it's, It sounds like he's, he's just basically fostering and encouraging laziness. But once a person understands Rabbi Nachman's focus on honesty, Rabbi Nachman's inyan of being able to make self-assessments and bring all of ourselves to the table and connect to our ratzon tov to maximize our purpose in this world, to focus on the tachlis, etc., etc., etc. To such a person, Rabbi Nachman felt comfortable saying, okay, there's going to be times where you can live up to your highest standards, but what about the in-between times? And what about all the other stages of life? Ibn Nachman is the, is, the, is the pharmacy, so to speak. And in the pharmacy, there are many different medications for many different ailments. And we wouldn't tell one person that has a, an issue with his, with his toe to now go and take heart medications. One thing that has nothing to do with the other. Maybe, on the contrary, it could even be harmful to the person. That, right? And certainly a person who, who needs... Uh, a heart heart medication, you know, for 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 a circulation, a blood thin, or something something extreme like this, you don't tell them to take Tums for acid reflux. It's right. You you would be wrong to to, to say such a thing. So the same is true for Rabbi Nachman. It's a pharmacy. 
and every person in Espodidus, that's like the diagnosis. Every day you come to Espodidus, you diagnose your situation. With vis-a-vis -vis the diagnosis, having been exposed to the full range of Rabbi Nachman, you come back out and in a, in a healthy, mature way, you apply this teaching to your situation. Thank you to the situation changes, there's another teaching. The same is true for this as well. You have to know when to apply it, how to apply it. The main thing is authenticity and a yearning that's complete and that's full to maximize our life and, and not to take the easy road, not to take the, e the easy way out. So that's what the Shlach Kaddish tells us over here. It's the same thing. And that's what the Gemara tells us. And Inish. A person should always learn. Even if he doesn't know what he's saying, just learn and learn and learn. Shanemar, as the Pasigatilim says, Garsa Nafshi Latava. Latava. It says David Melch, I didn't learn because I, I understand per se everything. Garsa Nafshi because because Latava. Because I, I can't hold myself back. The Herach Harbe and the Ramak speaks about the or, or rather the Karakemach. Ramid Mchaya speaks about this a lot. Umitsasi Kasov. And he says, I found the Pasuk Vahafle, and it's a wonder. Sha'amar Akasa, the Pasuk Yeshua says, Vihigisa boy, Yaiman Valaila. Vihigisa boy. What does this mean, Vihigisa boy? What's this word? Hagaha. Right? What does it mean, a hagaha, a note? Yairaki hagia levad, Vihakriaba. It connotes just reading. Vihigisa boy, Yaiman Valaila. Doesn't mean to be Isaac with, with all your, you know, mind and 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 be eon with analysis yoyim of alayla not everybody can do that but it does say vihigisa ba yoyim of alayla just read hakriya ba tave alze haskula it's mamisha skula v'chol shekein imyeh imzatoy v'havana ba'atzma mimenu umaseges talumisa and then certainly of course he brings us back to this of course that if a person can understand and the more the person can understand the better and the person understands the secrets of the Torah, that's of course the goal. But if a person is for whatever reason not able to engage in that kind of learning, just read the words. Read the words with simcha and with yishavadas and with confidence and with a, a, a spirit of yearning of wanting to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who you know is in the Torah. These are holy letters. Try this, he says, with Nevi'im. And Ksuvim, not just with the Chamishachim Shetayr, with Nevi'im and Ksuvim as well. But Veshuhu, Vehu Beshalay Yishtan Alolashan Acher. Says the Shlach Kaddish, when it comes to this kind of, of thing, it has to be in Lashan Kaddish. It has to be Mamish in Hebrew. And in, uh, in Lashan Kaddish, in the original language, Achshibu Lashan Kaddish, it shouldn't be in another language, it should only be in Lashan Kaddish. And the Chida adds, Commenting on that Gemara that's quoted by the Shlach Kaddish just now, the Gemara Navi Duzara. A person should always read the words of Torah, even though he's going to forget. And the Gemara continues, even if he doesn't really understand what he's saying, he should continue. Says the Chida, why? And he just hammers this point home that it's it's not an intellectual exercise, it's a spiritual exercise. Because just by uttering these words, and it's what we're doing right now, just by uttering holy letters of the Torah, it awakens spiritual energies above. Because every letter in the Torah 
Every letter is connected to one of the spheres, one of the ten tools or lenses through which and with which, with which or through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals His unity. And every letter hints to one of those holy vessels. Every letter has spirituality. That's cast upon it from this very elevated place of the revelation of godliness. Very, very lofty thing. And this light of Hashem's revelation comes down until for whatever reason, and Arizal gets into this, it manifests in this, this um, written form. In this image, essentially, because that's what letters are. We call them letters, but they're little pictures, little symbols. And Kabbalistically, the, the, each letter, each element of the letter, why a hay is made up with what looks like a dalid and then a yud inside or a vav inside, different aspects. Why a yud is just a dat, tiny little point, and why it's all contained within the yud. All of these are mysteries and mysteries and mysteries that relate to the revelation of Hashem that's manifest through this particular letter. So when you read this, when a person breathes, and the breath filters through his vocal cords, and it produces through the through the mouth this letter. He's causing these letters to bind themselves with their spiritual root above. A person says one word of the Torah. All of a sudden, every letter that itself reflects its own unique spiritual light comes together with another spiritual light. And it's a yichud. We think it's a simple thing. You just say a Hebrew word. It's not a simple thing at all. It's not a simple thing. You made a zivug. You made a zivug. You made a little spiritual soup with four ingredients because you said the Hebrew word, let's say, makom. The mem and the kuf and the vav and the mem. It's a great event in all the spiritual realms when a Jew says one word of the Torah, whether he understands it or whether he doesn't understand it. One word. Now imagine a pasuk. Now imagine a parak. Now imagine, imagine a sefer. Which is a whole other deep thing. And how they interact with one another as you pronounce them from your mouth. You bring about brand new spiritual energies in the world. So the, the, the Chida is explaining why the Gemara is telling us there's a big Indian just to say the words, just to say the words of the Torah. Read Psukim, even if you don't understand them, it's not an Indian of intellectualization. It's an Indian bringing about great spiritual energies in the world by virtue of your expression alone, irrespective of whether or how much you understand it. Now going back to the Gufa Indian of learning quickly and not focusing right away so much on the pilpul of it, the eon of it, but trying to cover ground like we had learned last week. Says the Helig Maral in Nesivas Oilam. This shows up in other places too, but this I, I, I've seen based on the Sfarim that are bringing uh, different sources that speak about this Indian, this is the clearest of them. And so let's let's take a look at this together. Very strong Lashinus, very strong. Says the Maral, Al Adam, how a person should wail, how a person should mourn. Because the covet of the Torah, the glory of the Torah, 
as, as Golem Imenu, has been exiled, its glow and its splendor. And we are, he says, without clothes. Without Taira. Woe to this shame. And to this great embarrassment. Because we've changed, he says, from all the generations before us. All because the Torah scholars have occupied themselves with this thing called pilpul. Now, it should be pointed out that the Maral's pilpul, what he refers to here as pilpul, is different. I don't fully understand what it was. I haven't been exposed to it. I don't know. But it's different than what we refer to as pilpul today. It seems that in the Maral's time, there was this fancy kind of intellectualism that had zero uh, application in any kind of practical halachic way. It was something different than what we refer to colloquially as pilpul today, and it seems that that's what he was railing against. And so it might not be as relevant as we think. It wasn't railing against a lot of the pilpulin today have an Indian, if they do, some of them don't, but have an Indian lahalacha, that you can, you can actually learn dinam out of it and apply and help us sharpen our understanding of the landis, of, 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 of concepts, of kedushin, of, of Hilcha Shabbos, conceptualizations of things that have practical application. But it seems that in the Maral's time, it just became like, a, like, like some kind of like a game of the scholars to demonstrate how, how bright they were. But he felt that it was very, very distant from what Lima Natura should be. Still, there's some relevance to us, and let's read it together. He says, even if it's true what Chazal say, I'm sorry, even if they come out with something true, the Gemara in Brachas tells us, which means a double lashon of, of hearing, focus, and hear. And the Gemara says, has case. Is a conjugation of these two words. Has means to listen, kases means to grind. Perish Rashi Zal and Rashi explains Shtoik. First, a person should be silent, vahaz in Lishmuascha, and, and hear the, con- the content. Ad shateh until you're fluent in it. Vi acherkach tischachna vihiksha aleha mashiish lachalahakshis. And then get into asking all the questions. But how can you ask a question before you hear what, you know, what's being said? Then get into the, the deeper eon of it, the analysis. Like Rava says, First a person should learn the Torah, and then a person should toil in it. So that means first we should get a sense for the, for the, um, for the shetach, you know, for the expansive nature of the content, then delve in. Adkan. That's what Gemara says. Harelacha says the Maral ki afemoya pilpul shal emes. Even if it was what he refers to as pilpul shal emes, which might be more similar to, to the eon learning that's done in the, in the Svarma, the Achreinim, and the Yeshivas today. So it's mashma that there was another pilpul he was also addressing that was bechlal, not a pilpul shal emes. It just it wasn't even true at all. It was just an intellectual game. Still, tzarech shiyeh koydem elav agirsa. What should come first? Is just the simple understanding. How could they even think that they are successfully engaging in sharp dialectics? Gomer. He says you can't do that unless you really have a sense for, for the all of it. Otherwise, how do you know that you really understand this point 
if there are other points in other sugyas that help clarify the nature of this halachic sugya. So we don't have all the, the material in front of us. You, you can't build the Ikea bookshelf, as it were, if you don't have all the pieces that come in the box. First, you need to make sure you have all the pieces. You know, like, basically, you get a sense for it. Then you start to build. Says the morale, it ends up being a pilpul chas v'shalom shal sheker. It's not even emes. It's easily refuted by another source that it's right there black and white, but this person didn't know that source. And so they can build a whole binion, but it can, it's, it, it's easily it's easily refuted. And, and if they would have only learned a little bit more, they would have been able to see that it's not like what they said. And here he says something very sharp here. And again, I want to make this clear. There are different shitas, right? There were obviously gedolim that felt that the yeshiva system today should look as it looks. That's not the point here is to say, well, look, the morale felt, okay, this was the morale's shita. There are other shitas, right? But the point of us learning this is to avail us this comfort of knowing. If our neshama feels drawn to more bekiyas oriented derech, and when we're not able to, to, to invest this amount of time for eon, as we learned, there are other kinds of limud. That's the purpose. And Rabbi Nachman um, revealing to us this particular shita. So he says, If they would have what's called girsa diankusa, if they would have clarity in the younger ages, in Suffolk Lali says, they would cover much ground, and they before they were married, they would have total fluency in many, many mesechtas. But now, because of the way that the learning is done, there are very few, and it's true today also, there are few Bachrim, unless you're talking about the top-tier yeshivas, but generally speaking, the Bachrim learn Gemara very well, but not not many of them, and certainly not most of them, are finishing the Masechta. It's an ideal in many yeshivas. But certainly in the yeshivas that I went to, not, there were very few of them that, that Mamish took upon themselves to finish the Masechta, to know the Masechta year after year. So he says, They focus on one area and they don't walk out with the whole Masechta. Listen to this. Because they're learning Taisvis. Davar shuhu, as the word implies, haisafa. It's an addition. It's not part of the fundamental experience of learning just on the simple level. He says, wouldn't it be better if they could just really just learn the actual shas, the Gemara with Rashi first and get simple pshat. Then you get into the analysis. It happens to be that the Bromberg, I think it was them, a printing press happened to print on the paper, on the page, Rashi, which makes sense, and Taisvis. It says, if they would have happened to print the Piskei Arash or any of the later Chidushim of Achreinim, then everyone would learn differently. He says it's arbitrary. It happens to be this is what's on the page. So this is what's on the page. You're going to end up learning all of, all of these different different Jerachim. Uh, Why? Because that's what happens to be printed on the page? That That's... That's not how we decide what to learn or what mahalach to take in learning. Why do they need to know this? And of course the answer is because we're training them. 
We're trading, and that's that's the answer, right? And and it's more exciting when they're able to understand the Taisvis and so on. There, there is what to answer this, but this was the sheet of the morale. They never get to understand how to apply the halacha from the sugya through the Rishayim to the Achrayim to the halacha lemaisa. How could it be that the young children? And those that are more advanced in their learning should be learning on the same level in the same way. It's ridiculous. You take a kid, you throw him into the deep end, he's learning Tosis in seventh grade. Listen to the sharp thing. I put it in bold. If you tell a father of a son, let his son to learn the Shita Halacha, to learn the Gemara, see clearly, plainly how it's applied. And then, and he shouldn't be busy with learning the lambdas of it. And this was Rabbi Nachman's whole purpose, was to counter this. He says, it's as if the father considers it, it's as if you're telling him, if my son's not learning toisvis, he may as well not be learning at all. Says the morale, says Rabbi Nachman, that's, that's treif. That, he says, that's mamish, indicative that the approach to Torah has become warped. Ki ein ha'av chafetz, or chafetz, rak b'shem. That shows us that the father just wants to, to, to have this reputation, and his son to have a reputation. Ah, my son learns toysis. But it's not what's good for his son, and it's not what's good for his son's learning, and it's, it's not what his son needs to be doing. And it turns out that it was for a completely ulterior motive. When it comes to the learning of Torah, and that's what Ibn Achman wanted to tell us, it doesn't have to look exactly like this. And if it's not this, then it's nothing. Says the Rebbe, And there's a lot to learn. If it's not Gemara, it's Medrash. If it's not Medrash, it doesn't have to be. We have to learn exactly this way. And if it's not this way, for lack of time or lack of capacity or lack of interest, then it's nothing at all. Rabbi Nachman came to counter that. Mamash came to counter that. Let's just quickly learn through this Archa Sadiqim very quickly. He says in, in France, says the Archa Sadiqim, they would spend a lot of time learning. They would sit in one place, they would just learn, they would plow through the whole Shas. Al Pipshat, they would just cover ground, they would go back and review it. They were constantly reviewing the Shak Levitario of the Gemara itself. Not Rishonim and Achrenim, just the Gemara. And the Torah was fluent in their mouth. They never stopped. And they were doing this like the Rishonim, as the Gemara Navayi that we keep coming back to told us, a person should just read the words. Even if he thinks he's going to forget, even if he doesn't completely understand, the Gemara in Shabbos tells us, first a person should learn the actual content, and then analyze. Says the Sadiqim, this will end. And he says they're not doing this today. And again, the same could be applied today. We don't want to chas v'shalom say anyone's doing anything wrong. Everyone's doing what, the, what, the, what, you know, what they've been taught to do. But just to be aware of the plethora of options, certainly as adults who can choose which mahalach better suits our own neshamas. He says today everyone wants to learn all just taisvis. All the novelties and the novel thoughts upon novel thoughts, the Rishonim Achrenim Kaidim Shiyeda Tsuris Talmud, before they know the actual Sugya. In Kain Echiatzlichu, says, How should anybody be Matzliach in learning? Kibin Shaisala Hepech, so strong. We're doing the opposite of what Chazal say. Shaisala Hepech Mimasha Amr Chachme Ha Talmud. 
If we're not going to listen to them about how to learn their own Talmud, so who should we listen to? Everything that's written in the Talmud is true. We shouldn't change it. We shouldn't add to it. We shouldn't take away from it. And because of this hyper-focus on a very specific kind of learning with intense dialectical uh, uh, um, analysis, he says, Rabbin Parshim and Alimod, like we learned from Sichas Ran himself. Many people stop learning altogether. It's, it's too much. They just want to learn the Gemara. Just tell me what the Gemara says. It's too much. And they stop learning altogether. They say, How could we ever grasp all of these very deep svaras? If only we would just know what's actually inside. What the actual Gemara tells us. Yoyim HaMalayla, he says, if they would learn in this way, Yoyim HaMalayla, as a Yoloim Dim, Vayi Bikiyim B'Talmud, they would become Bikiyim in Shas. Vayi Mis'avim Lulmaydi, and he says, to counter the Svara, they wouldn't be interested. No, they'd be much more interested. They would, they would have a sense of Sipuk, a sense of satisfaction with it. Mis'avim Lulmaydi, they would have a Taiva to learn. Gar Sanafshi L'Taiva, Ka'ilayim Leiv L'Havin B'Kal, and then it would be much easier for them to go back and analyze. Having all the material at hand. A person would always be learning whether he's sleeping, he's slumbering, he's awake, he's not awake. A person's always learning. This is the key point in where this will end. And they would be learning from Yerushalayim. And not like the morale says at the end, because, you know, we have to learn like this because this is impressive and this is fancy and this is looked upon as being something chashuv and this is something that society values. No, it's not about that. It's about Yerushalayim. That's what it all comes down to. What is Lima Natayra about? Is it about you or it's about him? Everything comes back to that. Tmima Subshitas means to live life for the tachlis ha'amiti, for that real purpose, not about, not about what you feel. They would learn Yerushalayim Shleim of Agamahim Israbim Atalmidim. There would be many more students. They would just be learning Torah all the time. Because of how convoluted things have become over the generations, it's become like a burden. And they just they have no interest in it. And instead, it ends up becoming just, just like a like a mockery. And they, they, they become completely confused and they spend most of the time just conversing and, and, and all these kinds of intellectual games. And what's lacking is the Yerushalayim. And it all comes back to this and with this we end. Yishav Hadas means to know I'm doing not what society expects of me. I'm doing what I was put in the world to do. Don't need anybody else's haskama. I don't need anybody else's telling me, ah, okay, this is chashav. I need to know that I'm doing what my neshama needs to do to connect to HaKadosh Baruch when only I and only you, each of you and each of us can assess that in our own lives. Are we doing what we can? Are we doing what we should? Do we have this kind of focus on Torah that it's just about how can I take five minutes here, five minutes there, even if it's not Taisvis and even if it's not exactly like this. Torah, Torah, Torah. We have Cheshik for Torah. Oisius Machkimah, spiritual energies, Kirvasalikim, Lishma, Yerushamayim, etc. All of us need to make that assessment for ourselves. What Rabbi Nachman does is say, go out of the Dafkanus. doesn't have Dafka like this, Dafka like that. The whole world is open to you. 
The whole Torah is open to you. Every kind of learning, every area of learning, just learn with simplicity, with simcha, with Yishav Hadas. And in so doing, Rabbi Nachman does us a great service. And many, since I've started just giving this year, last week on, on Sichas Ran Samachvav, people have reached out, I teaching Samachvav, saved my life, saved my life, changed my life. And this is just one aspect of Rabbi Nachman's derech, but it's a practical one, it's a relevant one, and we should take great chizik from it and redouble our efforts to commit to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah, the Ezus HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And um, just see the Gula Shlema and that merit.